midst of a content storm, Steven. Yes. And it's only getting worse. It's getting worse because they just canceled Archive 81. They did cancel Archive 81. That was crazy. It was trending like number one on Netflix for a bit. Usually when they cancel stuff, it's because it does poorly. But now Netflix is trying out a bold new strategy where they just indiscriminately shoot shows in the back of the head for no perceivable reason. (laughs) I don't know. I think I just might stop watching shows until they're done, you know, like completely done. That was my strategy for a while. But then somebody pointed out, I think it was you, so that I'm contributing to the problem where shows get canceled. That's (laughs) right. I did say that. Okay, never mind. I take back what I said just now in favor of what I had previously said. <laughs> but, well, this is a good case. How, this is how a good quickly case. the tune changes. Well, I think that's good to update your reasoning with new information. That's how science works. It's constantly evolving. Oh, is that how science works? Yeah, most people forget that, generally speaking, the scientific method is a good way to live. Who's generally... He was a Civil War general, (laughs) Robert E. Lee. (laughs) I've been seeing some content. I've been trying to catch up on all these shows. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we name them like the shows that we're watching right now that we want, or at least that we want to watch it's severance, Atlanta, uh, halos dropping moon Knight's about to drop (laughs) impeachment looks good. Pachinko dropped is, is dropping today. And then what else there's, there's, Better Call Saul, that's ending. Barry season three is coming out. All these shows uh, I'm trying to catch up on. Watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right now. So yeah, it's Content Storm. And then not only that, but we have the film side, uh, both online on streaming and also, gosh, in the theater. Theater's a little lighter, but it's still there. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. It's dropping hard. (laughs) I watched a couple movies recently, a couple... uh, more kid film, kitty films or not kitty films, but a couple more, I don't know, less adult films than the one we're discussing today. Did you? One was called Turning Red. It was a Pixar Disney animated on Disney Plus. It was okay. I honestly didn't like it very much. And then I watched another film. <laughs> nice review. <laughs> I watched another. <laughs> I mean, it's to me, it's lower, lower tier Pixar. And then I watched another film on Netflix called The Atom Project, which is directed by Sean Levy or Levi. I don't know. But he's been around for forever. He used to be the producer of some of the shows I used to watch when I was a kid, like Alex Mack or Are You Afraid of the Dark? And then he went on to eventually uh, produce and direct Stranger Things and launched Stranger Things for Netflix. And then Netflix has just been not letting him go ever since. And he's, you know, they've given him almost carte blanche to do anything he wants. So he just directed this movie with Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner and Zoe Saldana. Is that what her name is? Yeah. And young Ryan Reynolds and young Ryan Reynolds who's this young kid that they found that is super, super great. I think he has a big career ahead of him, but the movie was kind of hailed to be like, 80s sci-fi Spielbergian wanderlust. Yeah, and and it it I mean in my opinion it didn't really have that which is what I was looking for. It was still a decent film, but because of that, Marvel has announced that he's going to direct Deadpool 3 now. Oh, I saw that. Which is wild. Ryan Reynolds put out 
a statement saying my third film because i guess he also directed free guy yeah which i also watched and that was fine (laughs) it was a film you saw i haven't been honestly impressed by either free guy or the adam project sean levy's just maybe not steven spielberg yeah i i think i mean uh yeah i don't think he's even close but uh, I know that Deadpool 3 is being written by the same people that wrote the last two. So, you know, it is more about the script. And he is a proficient director. I like the pacing in his films a lot, to be honest. The editing and the pacing. They're better than most of the Netflix films that I see. So, I do think Deadpool 3 will be good. But really interesting stuff there. I don't know. Well, if Ryan's down for it, I'm sure it'll be fine. I feel like Ryan's down for anything. You know what I mean? That's true. There's a lot. Did a lot of work. I wonder if all the jokes are played out now, though. Not I would, only like, with I would like to see more of his wife. I want to see more Blake Lively. I'm sure you could find her if you search online. But I want to see her act in things. It'd be fun to see them act together again. It would be fun. They met on Green Lantern, and he was like, "That's how they met." He was like, "See you, Scarlett Johansson." Oh, I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go with Blake. That's a bit of a move. I was at the Comic Con when he when, broke her heart. When Ryan Reynolds and and Scarlett Johansson were sitting next to each other uh, for something. I can't remember. And one was talking about doing Black Widow. And Ryan was talking about doing Green Lantern. They're like, yeah, we have a lot of comic books at our house right now. And everyone laughed. And then, and then he met Blake crying. Lively. And then they got divorced. And it's so crazy. I yeah. was like, oh, my gosh. That's... You left a princess in one castle for another princess. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's Mario. Speaking yeah, of Mario. From Peach to Daisy, right? I guess it would be. Those are the two Mario princesses. I'm just thinking like... Princess Peach? Who would be Peach and who would be Daisy? Princess Daisy. Because technically... Well, Peach came first and then Daisy came second, which is why I said Oh, I guess that would make sense. I was thinking like hair color. (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) You are much more practical. I was thinking chronologically. That makes sense. Well, what are we here to talk about today, Gabe? We're here to talk about the new Mario movie. I always want to call you Gob. (laughs) Jabe? Okay, the got the Low key, I'm actually really excited for the Mario movie. Can you list me um, any reasons why you're excited for this movie starting yeah. now? Uh, reason A one, I love Nintendo. <laughs> I can't even imagine reason, what this movie is going to look like. Reason B two, I love Mario games. Okay. Reason. You think that's a story that translates C3. well to the big screen, Steven, to the silver screen? Reason three C. I love Chris Pratt. Yeah, okay. A lot of people don't, but I I do. See, I can list a lot of things that I like, like ingredient-wise, but if I blend them in a milkshake... And I bet you they're going to have a great supporting cast. It's just, I think it's just going to be a fun movie, like the Lego movie or something. Like, the Lego movie was a kick-ass film and a story. Yeah. Did you ever see it? Lego movie was great. Yeah, it was good. But those are Legos. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Super Mario World. There is such a rich... <laughs> this guy stomps on Goombas. There's such a rich um, playground with the, the Mario Brothers. It's the, the series has been around for over 30 years. It's a side-scrolling video game. It's not just side-scrolling. Do you know how many 3D RPG Mario games there have been? It became a 3D platformer, but it's a platformer. Are you, why are we talking about this? What movie are we doing today? <laughs> Today we're talking about X, A24's <laughs> newest horror film. Slasher film. One in a long line of, well, they haven't done a lot of slashers, I think, but I yeah. It's not A24's really, newest film. It's a pretty straight 
slasher horror versus like some of their weirder stuff that they've been known for. Is this considered horror? I feel like it's not. I would say slasher is like... I would say like The Conjuring is more horror, and this is more like... This is just slasher. Like people are just I feel like dying. slasher has to be a like part of something though, right? It's like... No, I feel like it's, like, its, like own, thriller? Like it's its own genre. People are just getting slashed. All right, we'll call it slasher from now on because it, do, it doesn't it's, really feel... It's a sex slasher. It's a sexy it's a slasher. Sexy slasher. Slashers are typically sexy though historically Slasher. i hardly know her. i hardly know her. yeah i get it that's great what that's a great f- that funnier. was perfect for this episode i have to say yeah. i'm glad you had your hashtag dad jokes. 15 seconds of that was the spotlight. most you'll get out of me on this episode <laughs> well but gabe and i think we're we were wondering whether or not we should even do an episode on this not because it wasn't a good film <laughs> but we'll do an episode on anything these days well, no, just be- just because we were like, I mean, it's good, but is it worth you know editing and putting out as a whole podcast? And in my mind, film wise, like Gabe said, there's not much else out right now. I think um, if we can have a ten minute conversation about a thing, it, you know, we, we, might could, as well record we could record it. it yeah. And, <laughs> but there's a lot of films like this where it's kind of like, should we do a film on or yeah. do an episode on it? And we may we may end up choosing no this just happened to be one of the ones we said yes to so anyway there are things to discuss i really liked it for what it was i think you were more disappointed you said because you wanted it to be something different is that, uh, is that right yeah hit me i'm always looking for like <laughs> the crazy not like you know twists and turns and subversion but i want to like i want things to get weird you know so i and i was thinking having seen the trailer maybe it's gonna maybe there's gonna either be a supernatural twist or element or there's gonna be some kind of body snatcher thing going on because maybe it's just because of the a24 brand name as well but i i just thought there would be a little more to it but ultimately it was played pretty straight as a slasher within the themes it was exploring right which is what we were talking about after having seen it yeah because there there was like subtext but it didn't get weird. So if you're going into X looking for like, you know, the Ari Aster or the Robert Eggers bag from A24, it's not that. It is uh, much more like what it plays homage to in yeah. this film. Pays which homage is, to. you know, the slasher genre. So yeah, this film was directed by Ty West, who's done a bunch of stuff and is doing a bunch of stuff. He's directed a lot of episodes of really popular television series. He's done a bunch of past films. Look them up. But he's, he's a really good director. And the film is essentially about, uh, I think it was 1979. Uh, it follows like a young kind of caravan of youthful individuals who are going to film a, a porno. And They're trying to capitalize on that burgeoning home media yep. market for new porno. And there's about six or seven of these people. There's three girls and three dudes yeah and the the guy that's filming his name is rj he's played by owen campbell his girlfriend is her name is lorraine she's played by jenna ortega and then the guy who's producing the whole thing he's basically a matthew mcconaughey stand-in his name is wayne he's played by martin henderson i thought he did a great job by the way he did matthew better than matthew yeah better than matthew 20 years 100 percent uh, and then the star of the porn film is Jackson, and he's played by Kid Cudi. Yeah, the one and only. Yeah. 
And then there's two girls that are also starring in the film. We have the blonde bombshell Bobby Lynn, played by Brittany Snow. Mm-hmm. And then our protagonist, who essentially the film is following through her eyes, named Maxine. And she's played by Mia Goff. Yeah. And then it's also worth mentioning uh, there are two older folk that are tormenting this crew. Uh, one, <laughs> one, his name is Howard. He's the, he's the guy. He's played by Stephen Ur or Uri. Yer. And then Mia Goth plays a second role as the older woman <laughs> whose name is Pearl. Genius. Which is why I wanted that extra bit. They could have just easily had it. Yeah. So what ends up happening is they rent out this little farm, another house, house, another house on the lot of this kind of farm house. And they film their porn there for, you know, the, the daylight that they have left for that day. And then uh, this older woman who kind of sees what's going on and she covets her youth begins to reminisce on her time of being young and starts to kill everyone one by one. And she mainly is coveting a Mia Goth's role. Again, she plays two roles, but she's coveting Maxine's uh, and her youth and what, you know, cause she's reminiscing on her time of being a dancer and being married and young and having that vivacious quality. And yeah. And so it ends up just becoming a slasher film where the old woman kind of hunts down everybody one by one. And then her husband kind of teams up and joins in. And then there's something in the basement that seems like this may not be, have been the first time that they've done something like this. And then there's a lake with some gators that they're feeding some, some of these people too. Uh, but yeah, it was really well made. It was really well made. Ty West. Good job. I know he knows the horror genre well. He's done other horror films. But yeah. He uh, He's good. But no, I think, Gabe, you're right. I think there should have been something else. Like, she should have become young or something, you mm-hmm. know? Pearl, the older version of Mia Goth, should have all become the, the younger version of Mia Goth. All the pieces were there. And they were leading to it. It felt so right. Yeah. And then it was just... Uh, yeah, I agree. A slasher. Yeah, I agree. I think probably, I mean, I'd have to imagine at some point during the script, the scripting stage that there were different versions where there was some sort of supernatural, natural quality that entered the script and the story, but probably was written out because he thought that he could do it and make it a good movie without that. But And he did, but it could have been more. <laughs> like the first scene you mentioned, but I thought of it too in, in the theater, when Pearl gets the first kill, on the on the youth and mm-hmm. she does this like th- she does this joker-esque thing where she stands up and she does this little bit of interpretive dance and you're like oh she's de-aging this is it <laughs> but no she was just having a, a moment a conniption yeah. or something <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene though yeah it was, i mean it was beautiful and like like i said beautiful the, the subject also horrific but yeah, yeah well horrifically beautiful yeah as a24 does mm-hmm. but there was like you know, like we said, there's subtext there and there's purpose, but it's like, it just could have gone the extra mile. What I actually, I just read, I don't know if this is true or not. I just saw it is that because you mentioned that Mia Goth plays both roles that there, she's actually slated to play Pearl in a prequel film later this year for X. I saw that. Had you seen that before today? (laughs) No, I I just saw it when I was searching as well. That's crazy. I had no idea that this was becoming uh 
that this was just one piece of, you know, so maybe they'll, I don't know what they're going to do. If they're just going to make another slasher film as a prequel to explore the origins, because you're led to believe in this movie that these people have been killing people. Yeah, Pearl's already in post-production. So it's, I think it's already been done. It's called Pearl? Yeah. Wicked. <laughs> and it's also written and directed by Ty West. Yeah, well, I would love to see him take some more risks, both in the storytelling and the filmmaking. Because a lot of this, like, it was... It was beautifully shot, but I was hoping there'd be more tricks. Maybe you know, she, after she drives off at the end of X, she becomes Pearl later in life. Oh, actually. Think about that. Like she passed on a, some kind of a curse. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite kill? Your favorite kill in the film? <laughs> I told you mine. It's, I guess we're full spoilers. I was waiting. Yeah, full spoilers. <laughs> I was waiting for... Because they set up the gators really early on, and I expected Kid Cudi to get the the gator when yeah. he when he was sw- splashing around. Thought he was gonna get got. Um, I don't know. I I did like seeing the gator kill the Britney Snow. The, it was, the it was great. To, it was great to see Britney Snow again. I haven't is, seen wait, her in a while. Is it a crocodile or an alligator? Oh, I don't know. Gator, Croc- crocodile, crocodile. Whichever one is in. The swamp. It chomps on Britney <laughs> Snow's head like it's a jawbreaker. Who? How did? Okay. Uh, uh. Well, Wayne's kill was pretty good too. The the pitchfork. That was good. Yeah. But what was the first one? It was RJ getting got in the neck. <laughs> that that was good. <laughs> uh. But I also expected because you know she's hiding her hand the whole time and. Yeah, it saw it coming, but you he, see that. You know what was fun because Kid Cudi was in this film as him playing a little music and then we got to hear Britney Snow sing again because you mentioned Pitch Perfect. I didn't that was, mention Pitch Perfect. Oh no? Oh. Or you just said it had been a while since you had seen Britney Snow. Yeah. And I think it was a while since most people had seen Britney Snow because Pitch Perfect was a few I've years I've never ago. seen her like this in a role like this. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's a good point to say this was a, an explicit film. Yeah. We mentioned they're filming a porno and they do show what they're filming <laughs> as the porno. Yeah. Kid Cudi is well endowed and he really lets these women have it. All of them. <laughs> wow. It was it was great. Except for Pearl. Britney Snow stole the <laughs> the movie for me. Her like over the top performance as the Yeah, she had that that southern they're from Houston. Yeah. Yeah. She nailed it. She was the <laughs> Planet Houston. She was so funny. <sighs> Favorite kill. I don't know. Honestly, the one I the one I didn't expect. Or the one that took me the most by storm. Tell me it was the old people. No, the old person, um, that was funny when he... <laughs> what, what scared him? I can't even remember. What the, was it? The guy just shot, like, has a spasm. Like a rigor mortis kind of thing. Or she's, like, still alive. Oh, that's right. And he jumps and yeah. has a heart attack <laughs> and dies. Yeah, that was funny. No, I was going to say the one that caught me the most by surprise was when the young girl who's trapped in the basement runs out the front door and gets blown away. Yeah. I knew that she was going to die because it was, you know, the writing was on the wall. But it was so sudden. But it, I didn't, I thought she was going to die in a different way. I thought, I don't know, I thought she was going to get stabbed by the old woman instead of, but you know, she gets blown away right as she exits the door. Yeah. Pretty took, wild. Yeah. It was, it's pretty, pretty gross. A lot of gore in this film. So. Yeah. If you're into that and some violence and some sex, you know, it's a big thing in this film is, um, uh, 
you know, as he gets this, this, they're contrasting it with this this psycho uh, evangelical preacher on the television. So it's Ooh. a bit of a, a bit of a satanistic, you know, kind of who ends up being Megoth's dad. Yeah, it kind of added some interesting flavor retroactively to the story, but ultimately, it really didn't matter for the plot. Did you think of anything specifically about the the dead cow? In the beginning of the film, uh, I feel like that was a really big setup. I think device. it was less. I think it was more just like metaphorical, you know, like like cattle to the slaughter. These young people are like. I think it was more. I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? Allegorical. Yeah, I, I don't think it was meant to be like too heavy-handed. It was just like you know, this is this is what it is. <laughs> just a little bit of a preview of things. to Yeah, because this movie plays off all the classic tropes. Like they they roll into the gas station at the beginning. I mean. It, the first 30 minutes reminded me so much of Cabin in the Woods, which I don't think you've seen, which uh, is a movie that is designed to invert the tropes. I watched a 20-minute breakdown of the last half hour of the film or whatever. the one Because you told me to watch the end or whatever once everything goes The whole crazy. thing is great, but the end is yeah. is fantastic. But they they break down the tropes, and in the beginning of these movies where the kids all you know go off to get killed, there's always like the omen, right? There's the harbinger or the, the portent, the portent, the portentous omen. So here in this film, the cow and driving past the, that accident was, it felt like the, that thing that sets the stage, right? For the, for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I do have to say the one thing I really liked about this movie was the sort of the interwoven theme of age and particularly not wanting to grow old or what do you, you know, how do you deal with age? A lot of people that get old in America like I've I've heard a lot of them say like they don't really prepare you for age in our country and uh, yeah this older woman was sort of tormented by the fact that she was no longer young and could no longer do the things that she once could and was no longer beautiful yeah in the world and size. desired and <laughs> yeah and so I I thought that that was a really good uh, juxtaposition contrasted with the narrative of the energetic, vivacious youth, you know, how we're all living their best lives. Those whores. <laughs> Those sex havers. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was just an interesting, because you, you, you kept seeing back and forth as the story played out, the dichotomy between the two. Yeah. And, you know, that is sort of the running narrative of the story, which I thought was interesting. Yep. It just felt more purposeful than gratuitous. Yeah. Like more intentional. It had a message. It's like there's a little bit of a thought thought there that that made it an A24 film, you know? Because if that wasn't there, it would have just felt kind of lame. It's a cool angle because usually the villain in the horror, horror slasher, slasher film is like not an old person. Because like you're thinking... Yeah, or it's a creature. Yeah, they don't pose much of a threat because they're this old geriatric mm-hmm. fart. But it it did add wonderful depth to yeah. the story to have a, some some kind of like message like that. That's what I was saying. If if they didn't have that, then it, it would have been nothing. It wouldn't. <laughs> well, I also think it wouldn't have been like an A twenty four film. Yeah, you know. So I yeah. Anyway, I think I thought it was a well made movie. I I thought it was fun. Yeah. I I mean I would give it an A for what it is, but it may not stand the test of twenty twenty two. Well, uh, we'll see if uh, this supposed prequel will add some further light depth to the dip, film. Dip, 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 
depth. Yeah. You know, okay. I also saw on Instagram. Now we're past. Go see X. <laughs> or I don't. Gonna, I was going to say. Because <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it's not for everyone. Because you saying depth reminded me of. Depth. Reminded me of Taika Waititi. Yeah. And I saw him post, our flags mean death. I guess just had its seventh or maybe final episode. Our flags mean depth. Depth. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like he made the two the two main characters gay in it. Really? Being himself. Yeah, he, he posted this really long thing on Instagram. And him, Blackbeard, and the main dude from... Uh, Were they gay in the show or is it just like... Oh, like a J.K. Rowling, oops, they're gay. <laughs> oops, they're gay again. Uh, he said, I'm very proud of this romantic comedy we made. <laughs> Was it a romantic? I haven't seen it. You've very, seen it. I've only watched the first like two episodes. Oh. Very proud. It's not bromantic in quotes. It's romantic. If you hate this show, don't worry. I still love you. And I hope you begin to understand the many layers that love can encompass. Love is love, baby. I was like, whoa, what an angle to make that show into like sort of a gay romance between Blackbeard and uh, Reese Darby. But yeah. A.K.A. Mary Hewitt from Flight of the Concords. You got to be more constructive with your criticism. (laughs) There's some of the funniest people alive come from New Zealand. or uh, New Zealand, right? Yeah. New Zealand. He's got blisters on his fingers. He was in Yes Man, wasn't he? But I do wonder if that is actually what happened. They made... Blackbeard and Reese Darby gay lovers, or if there's just some sort of subtext there that it feels on brand for what that show is. Yeah. It's like these are pirates and these are pirates. <laughs> it would totally it's that's pretty funny though. I, I haven't seen the show, but if it's anything like what we do in the shadows and it's it's quality. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. Go see X or don't. Again, it's very uh graphic. Yeah. Or don't. I said or don't. <laughs> But do it or don't. <laughs> yeah, or don't. Whatever you want. Do what, you, do what feels right to you. Yeah, you know? go CX or don't. Or don't. <laughs>